Welcome everybody to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today I'm talking to Bryce Allray. He is a partner over at Opcala, which is an IT company out of the United States of America. Welcome to the show today, Bryce. Yeah, thanks Lance. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I was just relating to you uh, how this has been just a, a day from a cold hell here for myself because we're freezing our butts off in minus 27 degrees Celsius weather. And you're down in North Carolina, I think you said, right? 75 degrees right now. Yeah. In North yeah, Carolina. Yeah it's, yeah. it's not fair, man. It's totally not fair. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's great that we can connect uh, yeah. across all these miles and have a conversation about entrepreneurship. And so for before sure. we get into what it is that your company does, I would love to hear what your thoughts are in terms of what are three things that every entrepreneur should know or would be important for them to understand as they venture into their entrepreneurial journeys themselves. Yeah, I think um, number one is I feel like every entrepreneur has to have a level of sales ability, right? Mm -hmm. So the ability to sell what you're looking for. Or, or what your uh, company does, what you're trying to solve for. So whether that's educate yourself through books or grab a mentor, just a level of sales acumen. Yep. Um, I highly recommend, uh, I learned how to sell uh, through the Sandler. Um, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike at a seminar book. It was written yeah. in the 60s, but I still think that it, some of the fundamentals of sales are still good there. So that would be number one. Um, yeah. Number two, I would say, um, you know, the grass isn't always greener. So what I mean by that is starting a company and, 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 you know, working for a startup and doing these things, it's hard and it's stressful. And if you have a really good career and you have a good leadership team and you have a team that you really like, um, really think long and hard, right, about doing this. You know, we went without paychecks for, I think, a year. Right. Yeah. So um, it's not always greener. And if you're in a good situation, really think about it. Um, it it's entrepreneurship, I think, is really glorified in mm. um, in today's culture. And rightfully so. There's a there's a lot of very positive things, but I also think it's OK to work for a great company um, and have a great team and leadership team. So. Um, and then number three is work hard. And what I mean by that is be able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, knowing that you really gave everything you had that day from a, you know, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, a lot of people say, man, I worked really hard today. But, you know, did you move the needle? Did you either make the company money? Did you add substantial value to the organization? Whatever your role is, right? Did you really give it your all? Because um, if you can really put in, you know, sometimes it's more than 40 hours, but if you can really put in 40 solid hours, I think you can really do something special if, if you're honest with yourself about the work you're doing. Yeah, I, I love all three that you've mentioned. And the last two are, are probably unique. So I, we've done, I don't know, 220 interviews. And I've never had anybody talk about the grass isn't always greener uh, as, as uh, clearly and concisely as what you have. 
and then the the working hard part i mean obviously there's been other entrepreneurs that have kind of touched on that a bit but i really love what you're talking about in terms of the moving the needle aspect if you can look yourself in the mirror and really really can you answer that question and it's about uh you know that focus on the things that are going to grow your business right and we have to have that as entrepreneurs so much more so than than as an employee obviously uh does because it's so critical that the hours that we're spending are really really focused on that goal and i think it's so easy for us to get caught up in the busyness of just being busy and one of yeah. my mentors uh long-term mentors many years ago when i was first starting my business you know he was calling it a crisis of busyness where where you know everybody that he talked to you know he'd say like you know how are things going oh i'm just so busy right and a, a busy doing this busy doing that and he's and what he is he was coaching me on is it doesn't matter how busy you are you just have to be really effective with that time because that's the most precious thing that you as a founder or you as a partner can inject into the business is the focus on really moving that business forward. So Absolutely. thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that's yeah, you're welcome. They, and, and this is one of the things that we were talking about before we hit the record button is that you are a partner of, of four, I think you said, right? Yeah. So there's, there's four of you that are focused on the growth of this business and you guys have seen some real exponential growth over the years uh, triple digit, uh, percentage increases each and every year over the last four years. You're not doing that by just being busy. You're doing that as a team and really focusing on the things that need to be focused on as that leadership group. Yeah. So, so for, how do you guys sure. do that? Um, as, as four individuals to come together and really, really, uh, apply that, um, principle across the four of you. Uh, yeah. because I know in a lot of partnership partnerships and we haven't had this conversation, so I don't know where this is going to go, but sure. I know a lot of partnerships where there's, uh, you know, there's guys that are just really good practitioners and there's guys who are really good at the, uh, the strategic aspects of the business. Do you, you guys have a blend of those personalities or is everybody coming at it really from that real strong, uh, strategic, uh, yeah. movement, movement forward within the business? So the three of the partners, me, Aaron, and Jim, we all come from a sales background, right? Mm -hmm. So we have a problem in the business, right? It's like, okay, go sell more, right? Because then we'll generate income, which we'll use to pay to find a solution to the problem potentially. So when things got tough, we just focused on adding value and, and selling and meeting with clients and, and sharing our story and, and, generating revenue right and and our fourth partner steve he's like the cornerstone of the organization so he's the catch-all solution rock star right so the three of us you know especially in the beginning the three of us were moving a hundred miles an hour trying to feed our families right and yeah. business problems popped up yeah. so if me or aaron or jim if we had to solve that then we're not selling, right? Because we're over here having meetings and trying to figure out how to solve this. Steve would grab problems and just go solve them so we could go sell, right? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we, we, we started with, with me, Jim, and Aaron, the three of us, and then Steve came on shortly thereafter because we knew we needed somebody to just help stabilize the organization. Um, and, and, and Steve's been you know, instrumental in, in our growth for sure. 
But yeah. Um, yeah. what's fueled the growth back to your question is, you know, Steve being there to, to help solve problems for us as they arise. He's our chief operating officer. He does a phenomenal job. And then, you know, me and Aaron and Jim are just at now leading a, a sales team, but continuing to sell ourselves. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to dig into that a little bit more because I I, I come from a sales background uh, as well, and so it's always you know push hard on the sales, but operationally, the the the, the operations have to be there in order to fulfill on all the promises that we're making <laughs> on the sales exactly. side of things. And yeah. so yeah, it can catch up real quick, especially if you got three guys, uh, three of the four founders who are out there doing the selling. So yeah, I can see yeah. why the growth is so rapid, but I can also see how operationally. Uh, Steve has probably had some time moments there where he's like, whoa, guys, just hold on here a second. Um, Okay, so so let's get into what uh, Opcala is all about. What is it that Opcala does then? What problems are you guys solving? So we're an IT trusted advisory firm and we live in the IT reseller space. We do things a little bit differently. So we solve the problem of biased agendas in the space. So Mm we're vendor neutral and we have over 300 different providers in our po- portfolio wow. versus, you know, the average VAR may have 20 to 30 uh, providers. Hmm. So typically in our space, each solution that solves a business problem has one provider to solve it. So, you know, traditional bars do as much business as they can with that provider to get back in incentives, bonuses, rebates. It's all about do as much as you can with one company to achieve more uh, money for your business to then go and grow, right? Our business model is that our only bias is based on customer satisfaction for a particular uh, provider. And what we'll do is we'll bring in two to three providers to the table for our customers to evaluate, right? Rather than just one. So, there is a lack of loyalty to providers in the sense of it's a, it's a love hate relationship at times. Right. Yeah. But we feel that if we can sit on the client side of the table more during evaluations, it will gain more trust from our clients, which will help grow the company and make it more successful. So that's how we're different. I mean, you know, we resell it solutions, right. But, we kind of flipped it on its head a little bit. Yeah. So, so just to walk through kind of the typical position where you find yourself in, you're talking to some company, uh, they are maybe looking for an IT security uh, solution, or they maybe yep. have, are looking for a new ERP system or, uh, you know, customer management solution or all sorts of different kinds of IT type technologies. Um, you'd be able to have that conversation with them and say, Hey, you know, this is, this is what we would recommend, or these would be the three that we'd recommend based off of the other tech elements that you've got within your stack. And so, um, then you would help facilitate then that integration into their system. Then, right? Correct. Yeah. So if we take like a security solution, for example, yep. what are you trying to solve for? What, what's the business problem that you need it to solve for? Well, yeah. Uh, I don't have enough security on my uh, endpoints, laptops, cell phones, tablets, whatever. I don't feel I have enough security. Okay. Then I'd gather information, what have you used in the past? What are some must-haves, nice-to-haves, 
Tell me more about your organization. What do you do? Tell me more about budget. That can be a tough conversation, right? Well, if I tell you, whatever number I tell you, you'll, you know, that's what you'll sell me. It's like, well, hmm. we're a little bit different. You got to trust me. Like, I just want to know what the top end is. Because again, if, if, if you can only afford a Honda Accord, we don't need to waste our time looking at Teslas, looking at Mercedes, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. let's, let's, let's focus on what's the top line budget, right? Where, where can we go from there? Then again, I'll, I'll take those requirements and I'll find at least two, hopefully three providers that can fit that niche specific to that organization for that business problem. And then during the negotiations, you know, we'll sit metaphorically on the client side of the table and help them evaluate after the call. Hey, what did you think? I didn't like them. Okay, no problem you know, onto the next one. We'll, 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 and again, we're facilitating the scheduling. We're facilitating, you know, the next steps. Um, we're helping negotiate the contract if, if needed. Um, once they determine a solution's the best fit for them, you know, if they ask for our input, we'll give it. If not, they say, hey, we're going to go this direction. We stay involved in the process through implementation. While we're not implementing ourselves, we just ensure that we're there as, as an additional line of support just ensuring that it goes well. Yeah, it helped guide them through it, right? Because there's a lot of nuances to those uh, deals, the integrations, and there's things that are going to pop up as a, a guy who's gone through it with our company multiple yeah. times that pop up and it's like, okay, well, this is what the vendor was saying or what we thought <laughs> the vendor was saying was going to happen. And then it's just like, no, at the end of it, uh, it's, it didn't quite turn out to be that way. And which is really time consuming and, and potentially costly because you get a point then where it's like, okay, there's no turning back because you've invested so much into going down that road. And now you're in a place where it just, just doesn't quite fit right. Right. So now you're having right. a bunch of work around and so on with it. And yeah. So you guys know all those pitfalls because you're familiar with those the solutions that each one of these 300 providers are providing as well. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we've yeah. been through other implementations, right? We've seen yeah. what's possible, what can happen, you know, yeah. how do we set this up for success? Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we use our, we use our scale, you know, we operate a lot in the 200 to 2000. We have many clients above the 2000 employee space uh, yep. uh, size but we give clients, you know, with four or 500 employees, you know, more of a, of a voice, more of a, more leverage, more of a voice to, to really um, have a good experience and get good pricing and um, use what we know to, to make the right decision versus, you know, what, what would it look like today? Right. Okay. I'd call five different providers. They'd all tell me they can do everything. Yeah. I'm a one, two man IT shop and I'm having to decide, okay, everyone's telling me they can do everything. What do you do with that, right? Just take the cheapest price. Do you take somewhere in the middle? Who do I like the most, right? Some people get stuck in that, right? Well, I like this salesperson the most. It's like, that's good. It's great that you like them. But is it really the best fit? We're finding, especially, I mean, the market's telling us too, like in our, with our growth, <clears throat> excuse me, with our growth, that we're adding value in that conversation, right? To that unbiased, we've been there before. Let me tell you, let me tell you why this is a good fit or why it isn't. Yeah. 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 I think that uh, what you guys are providing is, is just such a key uh, service because as a business owner myself um, and the tech stack that we, as we continue to grow, is getting more and more complicated. 
and yeah. the integration of that is becoming more complicated yep. but the options are also seemingly unlimited almost and it's 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 so hard to navigate and really to figure out which ones are the ones that are going to match up best to what our needs are because exactly what you said every one of them tells me how they can solve it all right? yeah like they they are the perfect fit for it and it's really difficult to compare apples to apples and and you just don't want to be making that mistake because it can just take so much energy um, and momentum out of the company if you're trying to deal with with the implementation of a uh, tech stack that is just not not well suited or not optimized or whatever yeah so. yeah we had a we had an it leader we had a sales kickoff in january and we had an IT leader speak to our team, you know, what's important? Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you like to go through sales engagements? And the thing that stuck out to me the most is he said, it's not as much about price or how much, how great the solution is. It's how well does it integrate in my current business and the current tools I have. That's like number one, because they've made these strategic investments yeah. How does something seamlessly integrate? So yeah. that was pretty eye-opening to us too, to go, well, hang on a second. We really need to focus on current tech stack. How do things tie together across everything and, yeah. and making sure that it's the right fit? Yeah, 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 exactly. And uh, And I'd imagine our audience is going to be able to relate to this really well. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get a few people reaching out to you just, to <laughs> just ask for a little bit of advice after this. We're here to help. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything to talk to us for sure. We're happy to talk. Excellent. And we'll share your contact information at the end. So if anybody does want to reach out to you, they can do so at that point. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your journey, though, as an entrepreneur. So this is your first venture. You got started right. about four years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And like, like I said, started with three partners, ended up adding the fourth one pretty quick. Um, yes. And then you guys have just been experiencing all this growth um, over that time period. What do you attribute the um, the biggest, I guess, reasons for the growth that you are finding Be beyond the fact that, I mean, you guys started as three sales people with a real heavy sales focus. And so obviously you're going to know how to get out there and really pitch the services and you saw what the needs were. And so, so obviously there was a market fit for what you guys are trying to sell. Um, but beyond that, um, what, what are really the secrets to your guys' growth over the last four years? Um, you know, going back to the three things, so sales focused one, really being able to be honest with each other about, about hard work. I mean, the, mm -hmm. those are the basic fundamental things, but getting to, into our business, right? The, the three of us, the, the three initial founders, the people that are selling, we came from the traditional reseller space, right? Okay. And the traditional space has been the same for a long time. So especially around the IT hardware business, right? So companies needed help. They bought hardware. They put hardware up. Then this thing called the cloud comes along, right? And goes, well, hold on a second. You don't need all this hardware. But it's been the same way. And these massive resellers have, have been having to shift to this cloud OPEX not capex type venture we saw where the market was going so we knew cloud and security were going to be growing substantially um and and the leaders at our at our former organizations just wanted to sell hardware and wanted to continue down the hardware path mm -hmm. 
at a, at a pace that we felt, hey, we want to do something a little bit different. Now, Opcala still sells hardware, but number one. So we still sell hardware if you need it, right? Yep. But the, the biggest thing is we wanted to build a reseller that was vendor neutral, cloud first, security focused. We knew security security was booming. We saw it. We wanted to really focus on that. Um, and again, be vendor neutral versus the companies that, you know, had 10 year plus relationships with very successful, large scale OEMs in the space that they had very strong relationships with. We didn't have those, right? Yep. So we just thought we could do it better with a cloud first approach, potentially, you know, lower overhead and, and kind of start in the cloud and, and know like, hey, this is where we're starting. This is how the, the financials of the of the business will work and, and stay lean and, and, you know, operate with uh, with that. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm curious because uh, so you guys started this business just briefly before uh, COVID hit and, and the big lockdown, everybody working remotely and so on, which created from an IT perspective, a very different um, challenge, I suppose, or, or a much larger challenge, I think all that hit at the same time with, with the remote workers and security Absolutely, and, yeah. and so on. Um, now, I, I'd love to hear your perspective. How much did COVID attribute to the success? Like what, what was easier because of COVID in the growth of your business? And maybe what was more difficult for you guys as a new company growing yeah. yourselves through COVID? So, yeah, we started... May, June, 2019, um, you know, I got married February 8th, 2020. The COVID is in China, you know, was all over the TVs at the rehearsal dinner. And we're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. You know, I wonder what's going to happen. Um, you know, then March Madness got canceled and then it was like, okay, this is a scary thing. So, you know, from there, IT leaders were calling us going, hey, I just had 500 people in an office are now working from home. I need help, right? Yeah. We did a lot of cloud hosted unified communications so that people could collaborate. Teams was kind of this, Microsoft Teams was was this very new thing. Yep. They were a little slower to the market. Companies like RingCentral, Zoom, Vonage, 8x8, their stock prices exploded because everybody had to talk to their fellow coworkers using these platforms. So let's take Zoom, for example. So sold a lot of Zoom um, video. Hey, I need a phone on my computer. Like I don't have my desk phones at work. How do I, how do I call out? You know, here's a soft phone, right? So it was a lot of how do these massive organizations that used to just go in the office every day and meet collaborate remotely. So we, yeah. we helped we helped with that a lot. Then there was this big push around security, right? Got all these people all, all over. Maybe they're VPNing into our environment. This is a we don't know who's on the other end. We think it's our employee, but they're kind of coming through into our network. How do we protect that, right? How do we know it's them? Yeah. We did a lot of VPN replacement. We did a lot of uh, MFA multi-factor, right? Like prove it's you, right? Um, mm -hmm. A lot of uh, 
you know, uh, hardware, right? Like, hey, I've, I've got a, I've got a desktop at the office. Now, what do I use? So we did a lot of that. Um, but it was really around protecting the organization with remote users and, and helping um, companies collaborate that were not remote beforehand. That's, yeah, that's so how we a, grew during COVID. Yeah, so you had a, a flood of demand for that very specific kind of things that Correct. so many companies were, were in the need for. And so you guys were ideally positioned to, to fulfill that, which yep. I imagine is as great, you know, as you're starting your business to have that kind of occur in a, in a way. What was more difficult for your business like the, and the growth of your business yeah. because of COVID? We were still... Uh, you know, we were still building a brand. So we were still yeah. Bryce, Aaron, Jim, Steve, you work for Opcala. Like, what is that? It doesn't matter. I like you, you know, I'll, I'll buy from you. But what ended up happening is, you know, we don't have the brand recognition. So we would meet with new people, new IT directors. We'd go in Charlotte and meet with them face to face and get to know them and build a relationship with them. Right. And then our us and our brand would tie together in their mind, right? Well, now doing things virtually, right? Whether they're on video or they're not, or we're talking on the phone, that was difficult, right? Because it was harder to get our name out there, so to speak. So we relied a lot on prior relationships that we had yep. um, to kind of push us through. So our new logos weren't as high, right? We weren't bringing on as many net new customers. We've still, there was still a decent amount, you know, our customers that we'd work with for years at prior would say, hey, you know, Bryce helped me with this, he can help you. So we were getting some referral business, um, but kind of that cold call, cold email, you know, like new relationship was was a lot harder for mm -hmm. sure. So. so I, out of that, I, I'm, I'm curious because, I mean, obviously, then you had to adapt then your sales strategy around that. Um, and how has that impacted, you know, now post-COVID, um, what you do from a B2B sales standpoint that other businesses maybe can learn uh, from the way that you guys have refined your sales process yeah. right now? Yeah. So what does that look like? And any advice so, there? For sure. We... You know, we built a lot of collateral that we didn't have before because we had to mm -hmm. share our message in a more visual way over um, over video call. So we're, mm -hmm. we're sharing screens, we're walking through things. So we're building up a lot of this collateral. And we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, is this hybrid environment here to stay? Yeah. Or are we eventually going to be back in people's offices, back having lunches, back doing these things? And we made the bet that we weren't and that remote work was here to stay and we'd be on Teams and Zoom for a while. Yep. We were right. Good bet. And so, so we built our business and our sales around selling remotely. Um, not a huge shift, right? But making sure we have collateral, making sure that we can connect with people over Teams and Zoom making sure that we set etiquette standards, right? Like we had a, we had a sales team, right? And saying, Hey, be on video, make sure, what do you need to, to have a successful call? Right. Do we need custom cameras on people's laptops? Do we need, you know, headsets? Do what, what do we need to have the best possible remote selling experience possible? And we made those investments. Mm -hmm. 
and you know, I think I think those have paid off. We're 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 now you know back meeting people face to face, but a lot of people say, hey, you know, I'm busy, right? So let's meet over Teams, let's meet over Zoom, um, yeah. and we've had a we've we've I, I would say we've had as much success by taking those steps early to mid COVID to kind of continue that trend of video calls um, that we've sold as much as we would have sold if, you know, yep. Hey, we are meeting in the office. Hey, we are doing these things. Cause there is, you know, there's a, there's a drive time component. I mean, oh. there's a, an in-person meeting might last a lot longer. It might not just go 30 minutes. So. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I was yeah. going to say, like, I, I find that uh, a lot of the things that we started doing in COVID just like you guys, uh, from a B2B sales standpoint, we've kept a lot of it because um, a lot of our prospects actually um, are asking for that, you know, like a, before to get somebody on a video call to pitch them something it was almost impossible, right? And right. Uh, it had to be done in a boardroom or or over lunch or whatever. Um, but uh, now it, it isn't that way. It's very much accepted and in a lot of cases preferred. And so um, I find that our sales team can uh, be a lot more efficient with their time. And I don't think that they're sacrificing a lot on the effectiveness side of things, like in terms yeah. of like the, the close rates and stuff. And so um, you guys, it sounds like are, are experiencing a very similar, similar thing too, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you. I think we've, we've, we've done substantial business over video calls. We've, we've done substantial business with people that we've never met in person. Yeah. Right. We, and, um, you know, we bet that this was here to stay and I think it is, but I also think that you can connect with another human being more face to face. Yeah. Um, that's just our nature, right? Yeah. But business can be done substantially over, you know, digital, digital mediums. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, I'm, I'm curious from, because of what you were talking about there, um, in the, the grass isn't always, always greener. Um, and so, you know, that kind of, uh, is a little bit alludes to the challenges of entrepreneurship and, and starting a business and everything else. And so, um, from your personal perspective, yeah. what do you think is the most difficult uh, in terms of that entrepreneurial lifestyle, um, you know, that one has, I, you know, we, like you were talking about before, we glorify entrepreneurs, uh, and the lifestyle oftentimes and so on. Uh, we focus on, you know, the, the, the things that are really attractive about it, but there's also, you know, the not so attractive elements to it. So yeah. can you share with me what, uh, what makes, sure. you know, the entrepreneurship uh, or entrepreneurial lifestyle so difficult? Yeah. You know, very glorified, right? You know, I, I think most, most founders, they beat their chest and say the best decision, absolute yeah. best decision I've ever made. Yeah. And, and I tend to agree, right? I'm very happy with where Upcall is now. Yeah. Um, but again, back to, if you're in a good position, if you're making good money, if you're happy, if you, if you have a good team that you enjoy and you have good leadership, there's something to that, right? Obviously owning equity in a company is, is, is a great way to gain wealth right? Wealth creation in this country, a lot of times comes from, you know, equity markets, right? It doesn't yeah. come from capital markets where, Hey, I'm paid X number for a job and you know, it, it's equity gains value. That's how you get wealthy. So, um, but really like when I look at my life, like 
you know, my life goal isn't being as rich as I possibly can, right? I want freedom, which requires a certain amount of money, but I think people really need to know, you know, really need to think about, um, you know, what, what is it you want in your life, right? What is it that you want to achieve? And if you want to be a billionaire, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to venture out and, and, and go down some entrepreneurial background. But if you say, Hey, you know, I want to make a good amount of money, but there's also some other things I want to do, right? There's some other, I want to, you know, have safety and security for my family. I want to do these. You can work at organizations and make substantial amounts of money and have a lot of freedom. Um, you won't be a billionaire, right? Unless you hold some sort of equity position. Um, so yes, I would do it again. I was unhappy at my previous company. Um, you know, there were some things with the leadership team that, I, you know, I didn't, didn't necessarily agree with. I wanted to venture down some roads that they didn't want to. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess what, what I'm saying is if the grass is always greener, let's say I was very happy and I had a great leadership team. And I had, you know, I was, you know, had goals that weren't all about money. There were some things I wanted to do. Maybe it's not because there's sacrifices, right? I mean, you know this, all every entrepreneur knows this, right? Like, I mean, I'm four years into this. I st- I'm still making sacrifices. I can't, you know, yep. do certain things. I have to be certain places at certain times. Um, but just really think about what do you want to achieve in your life and then decide if entrepreneurship is potentially required for you to achieve those goals, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And if, if it's not, then maybe it's not the right fit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you'd mentioned to, to me that you, you know, you have hundreds of, of clients now at this stage. And, uh, and it's so funny, like a lot of people, when they, they think about entrepreneurship, it's like, ah, you're working for yourself. You know, you don't have to report to anybody and so on. (laughs) Uh, and, and and the reality of it is, is you're actually reporting to those hundreds of clients. (laughs) You now have hundreds of bosses that you're trying to please, uh, as well. And so, for sure. uh, yeah, it's just it's a different perspective that we have from that glorification uh, to uh, to really what the, the reality of, of it is. And so I really like that balanced approach that you're like, hey, you know what, it's it's not always always as green there. I, I'm curious, yeah. after four years and the growth that you guys have had, and, and uh, I think you were saying you're up to, what was it? Yeah, 15, 16 employees you know, you're in the tens of millions of dollars in terms of revenue. And, and, uh, and so you guys have really carved out a great business within those four years. What's easier now at this stage in your business that wasn't as easy, say, you know, a couple of years ago? Yeah. Um, solving business problems. We have yeah. teams that can, yeah you know, take initiatives and, and run with them. And, um, so, uh, we, we have an entire operations team that's incredible. They support our sales team. And if there's things within the business, Steve Ermish, our CEO leads that team. And if, if there's a problem to be solved, that team solves it and they're amazing at it. And we wouldn't be anywhere close revenue wise, if it wasn't for them. So that investing in that team early, bringing Steve on as a partner, um, knowing we'll need that as we go, it's helped us get into that, you know, eight figure revenue range and continue forward because we don't have to stop 
and solve stop selling to solve business problems. So that's the one thing that's definitely gotten easier. Um, I'd say our brand has grown, especially locally. I mean, we do business in 38 states. Um, we get referrals, we get inbound leads. So, so the the for us to to talk to an IT decision maker has gotten easier. Um, they've either heard of us or we have you know better uh, marketing collateral, et cetera, um, yep. to do that. Um, we we had never been um, C level board had board meetings, right? We've never had. I was a, a sales leader at my previous company and we had sales meetings, but, but never like, Hey, how do we have a board meeting? Right? Like, how do we like, how do we make these decisions? So, um, we invested, uh, we read the book traction, all of us did. And, uh, yeah. we implemented EOS on our, on our executive leadership team. So when thing it's so much, the meetings are so much better and, it's not this, somebody's got a problem, we all talk about it, what's next? It, it's never this like checklist, right? We follow this this um, this methodology, right? And we get way more accomplished in, you know, executive meetings and board meetings and yep. and different things like that. So that, you know, the the high level decisions and, and talking through issues has, has gotten night and day easier yeah. for sure. Yeah. Creating those systems, right. Where you can manage and grow the business is so critical. And that's one of the things that, uh, uh it took, I think me quite a bit longer than what it sounds like it took you guys to really sort out because as the company's growing so rapidly, um, you're just in that mode of trying to deal with the growth and the operational challenges that are coming with it. And so sometimes it's really hard to step back and go, okay, wait a minute, are our systems, set up for success here or is it actually a breakdown in systems that's creating all the extra stress and operational failures right and um and so yeah that's that's such a key part of it and i i love that you guys have have tackled that early on and really figured that out because i think that is going to be a massive uh influence in where you're going to be at in the next four years and i mean obviously those systems are going to have to evolve because you're going to continue to grow at a very a rapid pace but but it's uh it's that that base the the groundwork that you guys have done which is yeah. going to really help you get there yeah and, and another piece of advice again the theme around a lot of what i'm saying is self-reflection right so i mentioned working hard am i really working hard self-reflection yeah. there's a yeah. lot of reflection and man we're having we're having bad meetings like these are this these are unproductive how do we fix that right yeah. how do we make these things better so as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, well, we've always done it this way. So what? Is it is it working? Could it be better? Be introspective. Look at everything you're doing, and don't be afraid to change and do something differently. Totally. Yeah. Um, one last question for you. Yeah, if yeah. you could, uh, you know, turn the time backwards or send yourself a a letter, your younger self, uh, your younger entrepreneurial self, four years ago, what would you <laughs> include in that? letter what kind of advice would you be giving your younger entrepreneur yourself yeah so it's only four years ago so i wasn't that much younger but um <laughs> yeah but i mean a lot is say, four years yeah right? absolutely um yeah i would have told myself you know talk to more people who have done it get mm -hmm. advice 
you know, when we started, it was, okay, I was making very good money. Now I'm making zero go sell, right? That was, it was black and white. It was, okay, I'm going to go find, I'm going to add value. I'm going to talk with customers. I'm going to get them to, I'm going to solve their, their, their problems. Um, I think if I had taken a step back and said, let me find some other company leaders. It, it, I always thought like, okay, we're going into this space and we're competition to some of these people Mm -hmm. and they might, you know, you know, it's kind of a dog eat dog world kind of, but it's really not. I mean, I, I, we talk to business leaders all the time and they're like completely open with advice. Right. So, you know, and we knew some people that had, that had companies. um, So I would have called them, you know, told my younger self, Hey, call them, ask for help, see how they do things. Um, find people who've done it and that are successful and, um, you know, get advice, potentially get some mentorship, right? Um, I think I would have taken a step back and maybe we could have moved pretty fast, but maybe we could have moved, you know, even faster if we knew what success looked like. And, and we didn't make as many mistakes, you know, along the way, which yeah. we, we made plenty for sure. Yeah. No, I think that's really good advice to yourself for sure. And and that's something that all of us can at all the different stages, because what I find too, is that, you know, the, the, the road to that first million is, uh, it takes a different kind of advice that you're going to need there to then to get to the next, you know, the, the, to the eight digits and then to the nine digits and so on. Right. And so you need to be talking to, um, you know, a, a group of people who have done that before, um, because it's your, the challenges are different. Uh, the advice yes. is going to be different. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's a really good one. Yeah. Thank you for that. So Bryce, I really appreciate you taking the time today to, to share your story and, and hopefully inspire some entrepreneurs to, you know, venture down the road that you guys have, have gone. And if somebody wanted to connect with you just to connect or to learn more about what you guys can do for their businesses, what would be the best way for them to do so? Absolutely. Yeah. Best way you can go to our website, opkala, O-P-K-A-L-L-A.com. We've got a chat feature. If it's just a quick question, we can absolutely help there. Um, There's a number there you can dial as well. Um, You know, my email, bryce.olry at opkala.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. Happy to help talk through with other entrepreneurs. You know, went back to the question, me giving advice, right? I'm, I'm here I'll tell everybody how, how things go here and, and how I can help in any way possible. So um, feel free to reach out, whether it's for IT solutions or just for advice in general, or just to learn more about, about us or our company. Very cool. Well, thank you for, yeah. for that offer to everybody and being part of this, you know, community of entrepreneurs who are willing to help other entrepreneurs and, and, you know, share some of that advice along the way, because uh, we all need it for sure. Absolutely. And benefit. So thank you again. And if, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, if you're listening to it right now and you want to check out the other episodes that we've done in the past, there's now around, around 220 or so in the archives, you can head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca to find all those past interviews. And, uh, then of course, if you are uh, listening to us, um, you know, visually through YouTube and that, and you want to just listen to the audio only version, we're available on all the podcasting platforms out there too. just search amplify your business. And you're going to be able to find us there as well. So until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. And thank you once again, Bryce. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me.